Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, iHeartRadio and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, you can tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays and send us an email, lockedonrays at gmail.com. Well, Ulysses, I'm not big on moral victories, but I would consider what happened yesterday somewhat of a moral victory considering the Rays were down 4 nothing, then 7-2 and battled their way back to tie the game at 7 before ultimately losing in extra innings 8-7. to uh, This could have very well been a game where the Rays were down by four or five runs and said, ah, boys, we don't have it today. Uh, let's just right. uh, string this one out and get prepped for our flight to Seattle and play another game. But no. The Rays, they battled, they battled, they battled, and I think that's something that they deserve some credit for. Yeah, I think they do, and that's the that's the been the mantra really for 2021. They they, they love the comeback wins; they're yeah. never out of it. We've always talked about those ninth inning uh, rallies always coming up. It seems like when they're just a run or two away from 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 tying it up. Uh, this one was a frustrating game though because. They just looked completely unenergized in the first four or five innings of it. Uh, uh-huh. Yarbrough didn't really have it. I mean, he got knocked around. I, th- I think, he, no, he did get 10 hits. I'm looking at it right now. 10, Ten hits. hits, yes, yes. It's uh, only one walk, which is nice to keep that walk total down. But when the hits are already in double digits, you're going to get yourself in, in trouble. And he did get himself in trouble. He allowed uh, seven runs, five, uh, five earned. It wasn't a pretty game it wasn't a clean game and what you love is that you know that that energy appearing that the 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 clawing back the yandy ds home run the zunino bomb of course his first one in june um so it's yeah there were good aspects of it but it was not the cleanest game of baseball and ultimately when you come back from a deficit like they did seven to two or four zero whichever one seems more impressive to tie it up in what the eighth inning, you you let that one slip away. That just crushes you, man. Right. It does. It did have the feeling of well, the Rays have already come back to this point. They're going to find a way to win this game. And then Yasmani Grandal said, "Not so fast, my friend. That's not yeah. going to happen." And Yarbs kind of, I would say, a mixed outing because for the first three innings, he was really rolling. It was like, okay, maybe this is really going to set up to be a pitcher's duel. And then things unraveled in the fourth inning after the Jose Abreu home run. And then, you know, he kind of got shafted a little bit by a blue pit by Zach Collins and then a sacrifice bunt and then the throwing air by Yandy Diaz and everything just kind of fell apart from there. Uh, As far as the offense goes, because the Rays did score seven runs and they scored in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth innings. What I found impressive was the fact that it wasn't Austin Meadows or Brandon Lau or Randy Arozarena who carried the team in this game. Those guys didn't really have it 
yesterday. Uh, they combined in their 15 at bats for uh, three hits, eight strikeouts, and no walks. So the brunt was really on the more unheralded lower part of the order guys like Mike Zanino, Kevin Kiermeyer, Manny Margot, Yandy Diaz. And out of all those guys who have contributed or contributed yesterday, uh, which one do you think was more impressive? Is there a particular play or moment? Was it Yandy yeah. Diaz's home run, Zanino's home run, Manny Margot working a nine pitch at bat, Yandy Diaz late in the eighth inning, what would have been a double play, legging it out to score a run and keep the rally alive. A lot of things uh, to unpack there with what the Rays did offensively. Yeah, and, and you named the, the, the highlights there. Uh, Manuel Margot, that that nine pitch at bat, that was some solid, solid, um, you know, baseball IQ. Just he mm-hmm. knew he was going outside. He was knocking those pitches out for, for, for foul balls until he finally got one that he could handle. And, and, and again, also the, the, the awareness uh, of Brett Phillips, like I'm going, you better make this throw because I'm yes. going home and, First and home. good on Rodney Linares to just go. Nope. Okay. That's Phillips going. Like if I'm right. not sending Phillips, then I can't send anybody else on this team. Punto. So right. I, I, I love the aggressiveness there. And, and I think that was probably the, the, the the best at bat it's always good to see yandy diaz of course flex the muscle but it's it gets a little bit sullied when you know with the throwing error that you mentioned there too uh it's you know it was a bad throw to first yeah i think brandon could have maybe if he were a better fielder uh, at first base it's not really his position ever to field Mm -hmm. but maybe he could have you know do it do a little bit of better footwork but again the throw just wasn't the the type of throw that that you should make when they're giving you an out. When the other team is willing to give one of their 27 outs freely, you should always be able to take those outs. And like BA said yesterday, those are the frustrating ones. When the other team is literally telling you, okay, yeah, we give up, we surrender this out and you just throw it away. That those stick. So I can't pick Yandy because of that. So I'll go with Manuel Margot. There we go. How about uh, Francisco Mejia playing some first base? I think that That was his first appearance at first base so far this season ever. So a little bit of versatility that the Rays know if they have to get into a bind and, Hey, we need an extra pitcher. We got to send down Brasso. They know Mm -hmm. that they can put Mejia there. And he actually, for a guy who had not played the position really ever, uh, there was a pretty hard hit, not a super easy play to make that he was able to uh, down the line there. Yeah. So that's something to maybe watch going forward with that. Uh, investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio, no manual trades, no picking stocks, no having to watch the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Uh, Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. Again, to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings today. 
Okay, Ulysses, yesterday uh, we had some discussion swirling around the Tyler Glass now injury on what the Rays would do if they would maybe promote from within uh, or at some point go out on the trade market and try to add a veteran pitcher. Um, love our listeners providing feedback and giving us some content because Brian Stark has floated us a trade scenario, a trade possibility. Uh, that involves Sonny Gray, a guy that, again, I'm just throwing out names here, a guy I've mentioned the past couple of days, but he actually put together, he's meandering over here with what (laughs) he has for us. So his proposal uh, is Cincinnati would trade Sonny Gray, who is owed $10.2 million per year over two years left on his contract, and the Rays would give up to the Reds, Kevin Kiermeyer. Mike Brasso and a Drew Strotman or Seth Johnson type of pitching prospect. His explanation is you said, uh, you said salary, get a pitcher who has had a pretty good career and can work meaningful innings for you. And you don't have to give up top prospects as well as Cincinnati getting a player who can actually play shortstop, a true top-tier defender. Cincinnati is 19th in fielding percentage and 26th in defensive runs saved. Plus, they add a decent prospect to a pretty bad farm system, which is ranked 20th by MLB. Ulysses, your thoughts on this? Uh, You've made your points vociferous about the Rays not getting a John Gray, not a Sonny Gray, definitely not a Max Scherzer, but uh, using the guys they already have for the most part. Well, I think, you know, first, thank you, Brian, for um, yes. for the email. I love the creativity. I do think that you are being a little bit too Find raised homerim, homerism there. I think if you're the Cincinnati Reds, you're kind of looking at the trade and, and saying, really? You think we're going to give you Sonny Gray for, right. for that? And and not to, you know, shit crap on, on the players that you, that you are, are doing, but you got to give them more. There's no way that, that I mean, you got, for example, if you really want to make that trade uh, more palatable for, for the Reds, you got to switch Brasso for Joey Wendell. Yeah. Like, that's at least, truth. at least, quite frankly, like if, like, if, Cincinnati accepted this trade, their general manager, their VP of baseball ops would be fired on the spot 100%. or should be fired yeah. on the spot. I mean, just get yourself into a Reds fan mindset and you would, you would throw away your laptop. You would crash something. I mean, this would just make you angry. So no, I think you, you, you want to do this trade yes. to Son- for Sonny Gray. Then you put Joey Wendell instead of Mike Brasso. And I think you're going to have to flip something better than, than, than Strotman, yeah. to be honest, uh, somebody that has like maybe some major league innings behind, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's just too much of too, too light of a trade there. I'm sorry. I agree. I, in fact, I would love to get Melissa Herrera's take on this because she is a noted yeah. Reds fan in addition to a Rays fan, but Let's be honest here. Cincinnati is not out of the race at all. And just like pretty much every other team in baseball, they need pitching and they're going to crave pitching. And Sonny Gray, who is on the IL, by the way, they're going to need him back. I mean, you look at the Central, they're right in the thick of it. They're 35 and 31. The Brewers are 38 and 30. And 
every team out there, not every team, but I would say about half of the teams come the trade deadline are going to be looking or searching for a sunny gray type. So you have a lot of competition and a lot of other teams that are willing to overpay for yes. sunny gray, which this, the Rays, that is not their MO to overpay for a guy like that, quite frankly. this It's a seller's market, you know, especially on a, on a commodity like Sonny Gray. I mean, he's, had, he, he's been having a good season so far. I mean, yeah, win-loss win record, like that's not right. how you grade a pitcher, not in 2021 anymore. So I don't care about the one and four record. I care about the fact that he is 79th percentile in average exit velocity. I care about that. Uh, his his strikeout percentage is at 81, 81 percentile. Hard hit rate, 92nd percentile. Like those are the things that you want. And he... Uh, he's been doing really well this, this season, but because of that, the, the price is going to go up. So I'm, I just mm-hmm. think that that trade scenario is a little bit too light. Yeah. And overall, that's what you said is the Rays are going to have to get into a, a, a bidding war. That's not the race MO people. Right. Like, again, like, I'm sorry that I have to be so negative about what's, what's going to happen in this trade deadline with maybe the lack of acquisitions from the outside world. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being negative people, but I'm just going with years and years of race fandom that just does not provide that type of, right. of uh, uh, the race are not that team. They're not going to get in a bit of war. They like prospects. Why would they trade a bunch, a bunch for a, a Nelson Cruz type? Like that's so unlike right. the race or why would they do that for a Sonic great? Like, this just doesn't make sense, people. Look for trades for trades this year that will open the 40 man, that possibly open the 26 man for Vidal and for Wander, mm-hmm. possibly, or a Joe Ryan. Those are the types of trades yeah. you're going to have to see. Now, I will say, as far as 40 man maneuverability, this trade would in theory do that because you would take KK off, Brasso off, and Strotman off. Uh, and just be adding Sonny Gray to the fold. And not only is Sonny Gray having a good year, despite the setback so far with the injury, he's had a very, very good career. He has a pedigree yeah. to his name, multi-time all-star. I mean, he is a legit, when he's on, number two, number three type. I mean, he is. you're, you're going to get a guy who, on average, will give you about a 3-4, ERA. But as far as, like, the, the issue I have, and again, Brian, I love you. Please send us more of these things and more of this content because this is really fun to dig into. But I don't think we can legitimately say that Mike Brasso is a shortstop. That's like saying Nate Lowe is a third baseman. Yeah, he can be slided in there for an inning or two, but to, to say that or suggest that Mike Brasso would be the Reds everyday shortstop, I don't think is something that can be bought. I mean, really a lot of teams probably see him as a bench depth piece, a guy with super utility versatility that you hope you can get in the lineup versus lefties. And that's about it. Like if you wanted to make this trade more palatable, uh, first of all, I don't even think they'd have all that much interest in Kevin Kiermaier. Uh, Where are you going to play him? You, You can't you can't, they, they don't have a DH. So they don't have that luxury of moving Tyler Naquin from center field to DH. You're not taking Jesse Winker out of the lineup. You're not taking Nick Castellanos out of the lineup. And with as, as much strikeouts are, as there are in the game, as much walks as there are in the game, as much home runs 
that go out of great American ballpark? Like really how many plays is there to be made for Kevin Kiermaier? This is a team. The Reds are built on offense. Their MO is to overpower you with home runs and extra base hits in OPS. And KK don't provide that. He gives exactly. you an under, under 600 OPS. So like it for, for, Cincinnati to do the Rays a favor and take KK and his salary off their hands. The Rays would have to pretty much eat. I would assume all of, or most of KK's salary. So that's the one issue. So it, but if he was to be included in a deal instead of Mike Brasso, you would have to add again, if the Reds no, just want a shortstop. First of all, the, the standard should be Joey Wendell, no Mike Brasso. Yeah. Like Mike Brasso, if you're if you're throwing him in that trade, it's like an add-on just to like, hey, and also you get this too. Right. Like Joey Wendell has to be part of this trade because if you're talking about having a shortstop, needing a shortstop, like you said, you can't sell Mike Brasso as a shortstop. I'm sorry. You have to sell Joey Wendell as your shortstop. Right. And then that's a little bit more palatable. But again, yeah. yeah. Or, or you need a bigger you, stadium for Keke to even yes. be a factor too. And again, like I said, National League, not OPS, he doesn't provide that. Right. And I mean, if if they are looking for a shortstop, window could be a guy for sure, but you might have to part with a Taylor Walls or a Xavier Edwards or a Greg Johnson. Yeah. That's what it would take to yeah. get this deal done, plus probably some other things in there. And I just don't, I don't want that really necessarily think KK would be a fit on the reds. You have, you already have some kind of, and I know you can talk about, Oh, clubhouse leadership and presence and things like that. But I, 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 I KK, the reason he's a clubhouse leader and so well-respected with the Rays, I think besides the defensive prowess is because he's, you know, he, he's the old man in the club. He's been around yeah. since 2013, but he can't, you know, step in and tell Nick Castellanos what to do or, or start stealing balls in the outfield from him. So I just don't no. know if that necessarily works from that perspective. I love the idea. I love the thought process, but uh, the Reds, I'm not convinced they're going to be sellers. And again, you look at the standings right now, there's legitimately 15 to 17 teams that are going to be looking for pitching help at the deadline from the, the NL West to the Central, the East. I mean, the AL East, and you could have in your division the Red Sox seeking Sonny Gray, the Yankees seeking Sonny Gray, the, the Blue Jays seeking Sonny Gray. That's that's three candidates right there in addition to the Rays, maybe or maybe not. You know, if, if I were a betting man, uh, I would definitely think that this is a little bit too light of a trade and it wouldn't happen. Yeah. But if I were a betting man, I would definitely check out betonline.ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports act baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online get all the latest news odds and information for all your sporting needs including mlb nba nhl and all your ufc mma action so before the next pitch head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines, people. This is our chance to get into the game as teams prep for the run to the playoffs. So head to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code is locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, Ulysses went to the Marv Albert School of Broadcasting with that transition. 
there with the <laughs> trade scenario to the bet online. And again, uh, I don't think the Reds want a uh, a black hole in the lineup named Kevin Kiermeyer. Just saying, uh, save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, Honda Odyssey fuel pumps are $350. Uh, $3 from a chain store and just $216 from rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you to the right place. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Okay, Ulysses, it's going to be late night, late weekend with the Rays as they head west to Seattle for a four game set. I believe it's three 10, 10 p.m. games and a 4 p.m. game mixed in there. The Mariners are third in the AL West with a 34 and 36 record. They are 19 and 15 at home. Uh, I don't think they're a playoff team, but that doesn't mean you can take them too lightly either. Uh, Speaking of playoffs, the Mariners do have the longest postseason drought. Of all four major American sports, Ulysses, can you tell me the last time the Mariners made the playoffs? Uh, yeah, 2001. Yes, uh, that was when they won 116 games. So it's been a rough 19 straight years since then. They sort of had a chance in 2020, but couldn't pull it all the way through. And that's why I go back to my argument of I honestly don't care about rings all that much. I just rather have a team that's super, super competitive. I don't care if you won 130 games in a season 20 years ago. I want to be able to enjoy watching the team year in and year out and having some sort of home. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and I think you, you've you got a point because imagine, you know, transport yourself to 2001 people. You're a Mariners fan, right? And mm-hmm. Wow. And, and you get this new guy, Ichiro Suzuki, and he wins the AL Rookie of the Year and he wins the AL MVP. And you're like, oh, man, oh, we're set up. Oh, baby. Oh, we got it good now. And then 20 years later, you haven't returned to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and, and it sucks. And you always want what the Rays are doing, which is always being competitive and that comes with the pain of not being able to really purchase a jersey with a player's name on it because you know that they're going to be gone every three years. So that's the con of, of having a competitive year of, of having a competitive team year after year is that you, you can really form these long-term attachments um, to, to ball players Like, you know, maybe people did in the past, but uh, coming back to this preview, Rich Hill, he had an April type of fifth inning uh, in right. his last um start he did say in the press conference that he ran out of gas i hope that's not a orange flag i'm not even calling it orange i'm gonna call it a yellow flag okay let's just monitor this but from but from a patient perspective let's see how rich hill does today i yesterday i said okay i won three in a row from yarbs that did not happen 
three in a, in a row of, of really good starts. Rich Hill, can he come back to not the standard that he has set for the last, you know, month and a half, but better than last, better than last yeah. start. Reach the five innings, one or two runs allowed. That's great. Keep us in the game. That's fantastic. No grand slams in the fifth inning when Kevin is walking into the trop, please. Against the Orioles, no less, yes. by the way. Uh, it should be a somewhat, although they do have different pitching styles, I mean, pretty evenly matched up on paper as far as uh, pitching goes, where you have Rich Hill in his 3.38 ERA going up against 25-year-old righty Justin Dunn, who's got a 3.91 ERA in 48 innings. Uh, I will say this about the Mariners um, and maybe working to Rich Hill's favor. Uh, they are 29th, second to last in the MLB in team OPS, averaging 660. Uh, so they're just ahead of the Pirates in that scenario. Also, they're, and this kind of speaks to the OPS, they have the worst on-base percentage combined at 289. They do hit some extra base hits. They do hit some homers, but they've only got one guy that has an OPS above 800. That's Mitch Hanniger. So you would think this is an opportunity for Rich Hill to uh, not have one of those bloop in a blast or have two, three runners on and then gives up the long ball uh, to whoever who it may be. And that's a tough ballpark, right? To, to hit it out. So you have that going against you. And that kind of explains the OPS being low in, in for the Mariners. Justin Dunn, I looked him up. He doesn't have impressive stuff. I mean, he, he right now, I mean, he's a young guy, so he's learning how to pitch and all that, but his numbers don't wow me right now. He will walk guys. That's for sure. He's got a 134 whip. Uh, he's on the 12th percentile for walk rate and he doesn't strike out a lot of guys. So he has, he has actually one per inning right now, 48 innings pitch, 48 strikeouts. So this is a guy that the Rays with their walk um, knowledge, how to, how to get on base uh, their proficiency at doing that. This could be an interesting game with the, if the Rays are being patient, like they have been the whole season, they're going to get their opp opportunities to get men on base and then it's just, okay, do you have it in you to, to have that, that big knock? The problem is that the Rays yesterday, even though they scored seven runs, they went one for 10 with men in scoring position. So that's crazy how you can yeah. have seven runs and, 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 and be just inefficient with men on scoring position. So they'll have their opportunities to have traffic on the bases. It's just they need that big hit. And, and let's see if they do that because he's a righty. So we're going to see the lefty lineup, which has been better than, than the, than the alternative. Let, let's hope for Brandon Lau, man. Ah, it, it, I think he's teasing us. I think he's teasing us with like, I'm coming out of it. Oh, this is it. Yeah. Oh no, really? I'm back. And he just doesn't really push it through. Uh, I'm frustrated. I think a lot of race fans are frustrated, but, Actually, no, I'll scratch that. I'm frustrated. I think you're frustrated. I think he's frustrated, but I think a lot of race fans are like, no, let it ride. I trust him, yeah. Brandon, which is so unlike the fandom. Well, he almost had, uh, I wouldn't say a home run, but almost had extra base hits at the warning track. There was basically a collision between Goodwin and, can't remember the other guy, Lamb, I think who hadn't played together much in the right. outfield, but that could have been something. At least it was a loud out. That, that, that's the point we've gotten to where we're praising Brandon Lau for loud outs. Uh, his batting average still is at the Mendoza line, right at 200. 
right at the yeah. marker. Maybe this is an opportunity against a Mariners pitching staff on the whole that is pretty so-so. 21st in team ERA, uh, 17th in whip, and 24th in strikeouts, and they don't really have any bona fide ace, so to speak, with that. The other thing with the Mariners, too, is like there's been so much talk about, oh, they have so many great outfield prospects. These guys are really going to be good, and the guys they've called up have been flops so far. Yeah. Jared Kelenic, Taylor Trammell. Um, I, I know there's another guy, Julio Rodriguez, in the fold, but it's it's been so far a miss for it's those tough. guys that they've gotten and that have gotten an opportunity this year. You said that the other day about uh, about Shane McClanahan. Look, the, the game speeds up on you. And yeah, these the guys can be killing it at AAA. I know Wander. Everybody knows that Wander has a thousand plus OPS right now. Right. Like we know that. Yeah. People are saying that he's ready. <sighs> I bet Mariners fans thought Kellenick was ready. And I know that the retort would be Wander's a one time uh, generation prospect. Mm-hmm. You, you don't do not compare him with Kellenick. But like at the end of the day, they're both humans. And at the end of the day, look at Vladimir Guerrero. Okay. The only guys that have had an 80 great hit tool ever has been yeah. Wonder and Vladdy. How long did it take Vladdy to put it up together? Three seasons. Right. Yeah. We're now seeing the Vladdy that was advertised in 2018. People, it'll take time. The only thing I would say, and I do agree with all your points there, is Vladdy compared to Wander is, I don't know if Vladdy took the role a hundred percent seriously with his weight issue and not, you know, yeah, it's one thing to prep on the field, but off the field, having got mind to fitness, nutrition, stretching and things of that nature. And then he was a couple years in the big leagues really, really got serious. And now he's tearing the yeah. world on fire with that. So, uh, okay. That wraps up this edition of the locked on Rays podcast. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episodes of the Locked On Today and Locked On MLB podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow where we'll have Evan Klosky, the sports director for WTSP Channel 10, on the show. Hope you enjoy that as well. Bye.